Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 169. I guess I'm... I try not to have jealousy be a part of my life, but I think you're prolific in a way that I don't understand. It makes me jealous. Don't worry. It won't last. Okay. Don't worry. That was the end of That's how I feel after I complete anything. Like, that's the last time oh. I will have done that. Oh, I know. And yeah. that's how it goes. Like, yeah, I wrote a, a dumb book of essays about being blonde, and then I was like, ah, don't I'm done. done. Like, right. I'm so tired. Your, your life's work is over. <laughs> exactly. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news. We talk about... <laughs> Just over. What is happening? Oh, uh, take two. Uh, <laughs> two takes? God. Keep this all in. Keep it all in. Here we go. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we remove the mold from democracy and fill it with a moisture-proof caulk to seal the crease. Wow. <laughs> we have an issue in our bathroom, so it's inspired a lot of a lot for me. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and... Right now, you ready for another metaphor? Our country is wearing spanks to straighten out the tummy bulges where corruption hides and those saddlebags where we carry obstruction. But now we're knee-deep in an impeachment inquiry, so the spanks are coming off and we get to see it all, including the decaying scrotal sack that is the White House. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. <laughs> what happened when I wrote those stupid sentences? The new... The new the- <laughs> The nudity of corruption standing <laughs> yeah. in a mildewy bathroom with bad 
with bad authoritarian caulk. <laughs> you got it. You yeah. got it. That's yeah. correct. Really That's the imagery. Uh, so we're going to check in um, with that whole historic impeachment you know, thing. podcasts are about word pictures. <laughs> Uh, um, We're also going to look at the China NBA, South Park, Imbroglio, and finally, uh, workplace diversity. Does it help with actual diversity? Uh, Today, I'm so excited by by this panel. Returning to the show, veterans of the show both. We have comedian uh, and writer. She um, runs the Twitter and Instagram account for NYT Vows, which if you do not follow is deeply hilarious. It's about the New York Times wedding section. And uh, you should absolutely follow her. Um, follow it, and you can also download her. And you can also download her stand-up album, "Seen Better Days," um, all in all the places where you do that. Uh, you guys, it's Selena Kopic. Hey, 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 hello, hello. Great to be here. Um, I'm also excited to bring back to the show. He is the host of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and he has a brand new book. Um, it's called Medallion Status, and if any of his previous books are any indication. It is going to be deeply hilarious. I think past I'm ba- performance is no guarantee of future performance, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> I, I dare say I like the book a lot. It's, it's John Hodgman. Yes. By the way, John Hodgman. Medallion I, status is the book. I have to say, uh, you probably said it. I said it. it. Medallion yeah. status. Let me Medallion say it again. Status. Medallion status <laughs> by John Hodgman. Pre-order Medallion status. Yeah, you can pre-order Medallion status at bit.ly slash medallion status. <laughs> all one word, all capital letters. Hashtags always be plugging. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was just I was just following the NYT Vows Instagram account. Yeah, hey. do it, do it. Very funny, very um, funny stuff. Uh, My labor of love. It would be funny if like only one person was moved to do that, and that person was in the studio. <laughs> exactly. yeah. After yeah, this like, episode <laughs> drops, it's all about getting followers. It's one all by about one hand by selling. one. Exactly. Hand selling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, you guys. Let us get into topic number one. So you guys, we are ha- we're going to talk about impeachment and stuff like that. But as we walked into the studio, there yes. was breaking mm-hmm. news God. that felt like it was going to be a big fucking deal. Like we all felt yeah. that way, right? Yeah. So yeah. I am just going to read the first paragraph of the Washington Post that is that gives us the story. Um, the headline of which is. Two business associates of Trump's personal lawyer, Giuliani, have been arrested on campaign finance charges. And then you scroll down and it says two business associates of President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudolph Giuliani, have been charged with a scheme to root foreign money into U.S. elections. According Uh to a newly unsealed indictment, the two men helped uh, Giuliani investigate former Vice President Joe Biden. They were arrested Wednesday night. Um, The person spoke. That's it. Um, I mean, there's more. But uh, but that's the the headline, guys. How do you what, feel? What are the just one of the names of these ghouls? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just gonna guess it's like Crab and Goyle, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's all vowels. It's uh, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. <laughs> Igor. <laughs> Igor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Igor. I knew it so had good. to be something. Oh, that's satisfying. So oh, on yeah. the it feels nose. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, According to the indictment, they they conspired to circumvent the federal laws against foreign influence by engaging in a scheme to funnel foreign money to candidates at, for federal and state office so that the defendants could buy potential influence with the candidates' campaigns and the candidates' governments. Oh God. Motherfucker! 
sure. I mean, I hope and think like this. I think I feel like this has got to be the beginning. This of the has end. to be. I mean, but how many times? This is said? so impeachment. Throwing oh, it yeah. into the impeachment mix. Oh, completely. I have a, I have a question. Tell me. Ask me. Um, you know, actually, I have, I, I have this observation, which is an observation of how withered my soul has become. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I was arriving here on the F train. You guys can trace it back. I live in Park Slope. It all makes hey, sense. Hey, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seventh Avenue stop. Getting <laughs> off at, uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> it likes to be amazing. Down down. 15th Street. All right. I'll do you one better. <laughs> hey, whoa! Oh, he's a man of the people, you That's know. Right. Peace, everyone knows. Okay. Everyone, I don't care. Leave it in. I everyone knows. What I like. I'm in the book. No one cares. I used to be on television. But now, what I'm saying is, I'm getting I'm getting off the train at 42nd Street, Bryant Park, to come here to the studio, and I get a little boop 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 from New York Times notification. I'm like, is this it? Is this it? And I look, and it's nope. Not again. Once again, it's not it. It's not what we're all expecting yeah, and hoping yeah, for. Um, yeah. Right. But it is this thing. It is yeah. this thing that Igor and and his buddy cr- yeah. bag or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maleficent <laughs> have been uh, have, been, have been nabbed. Yeah. For whatever it is they were doing. I'm like, well, this isn't what I was hoping for, but this is, sounds like it could be it. This could yeah. be it. And th- this has happened so many times where it's like, this could be it. I know. That I am now like, it wasn't until, like, I the doors were opening when I had that feeling. And I stepped on the platform like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's nah, not going <laughs> to mean anything. Does this make Giuliani an unindicted co-conspirator? Yes. Yeah. Does this make Donald Trump an unindicted He's already been one. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? How many times can one man be unindictedly co-conspirated? Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? crazy. It's fucking bananas. Also, I find the timing strange. Like, Wednesday night? Usually they do that stuff in the morning. They scoop people up in the mornings usually. Oh, do they? If they're doing, like, if it's, like, FBI, like, knocking on your... T- well, usually- you have to understand, these two are vampires. They were like... They <laughs> I were guess it is there. I'm marching from their coffins. Yeah. <laughs> they're associates Igor wakes. Of, they're associates of Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, true. So but I like, just... Yeah. I'm pretty insufferable. I used to sleep with an FBI agent, and I won't stop talking about it! Hey! Um, but, like, no, that's like, an, that's, a, that's like an hour of material. Oh, Continue. oh my God, it was wonderful. Please, but yeah. literally, the, like, one one of the most important takeaways from that, other than some good times, were like they <laughs> always bust them in the morning. So to yeah. me, at night feels like, I mean, maybe they were flying in and they were waiting at the airport because sometimes they'll scoop them at the airport if they're like up getting off a flight. Okay. But I just, like this term scooping, yeah, by the scoop way. Them up at the yeah. Scoop up at the airport. It makes yeah. me think of ice cream and crime at the same Which time. Are both this is yeah. accidentally veered into a true crime podcast. <laughs> and, oh, hang on. They just showed up with a truck of money. That's wow. Good job. <laughs> but I just wonder if they grabbed him on a Wednesday night. That seems like they they urgent needed, yeah it seems urgent you know right yeah. like what do you, so what do you think they were they had to get him before they left the country or they knew they were making a move maybe something like they that to scoop him up before they they hightailed it I know yeah I know I love all this Cry, and it's right, great crime. yeah and also I mean but I'm like oh I really liked indictment Fridays it was a fun way to go into the weekend so the fact that they did it on a Wednesday night is a little you know but I guess it's a nice pop midweek you know does it have any details about can I just okay I'm trying to like. 
I'm trying to read and podcast host at the same time, which is You know is what? Not... You, re- you read because I want to ask Selena a question. Just ask her okay. a question. I'm just going to see what this so says. So tell me about the, the relationship <laughs> you had with the Our FBI. FBI agent. Oh, he was great. Former military. Yeah. Uh, covered in tattoos. How I like him. Deep Hi. state? Deep state? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. You don't know? Probably. I when, don't know. When was it? This if was a few deep years state, ago. They don't yeah, you didn't know. You didn't know to ask. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was just naive. We just hung out at his apartment. It was during and... Obama. Yes, oh, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We you just hung out know. his apartment. He had a lot of, had a lot of guns. Yikes! You wow. Know? And sometimes he'd come to my apartment and he'd bring his gun. I mean, he had to wear a gun all the time, and he just like put it on the coffee table. And I'm terrified of guns. Yeah, yeah. One should be. I know. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna <laughs> watch a movie <laughs> you, next you, to your gun. Yeah, you should get. You should have gotten a gun safe just for the relationship. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like you could just put that in here. If only I'd gotten a heart safe. You right. know what I mean? You oh. guys. Oh. Anyway, Matthew, I miss you. (laughs) Do do you know where he is now? Yeah, he's in D.C. working for the federal government. I thought you were going to be like, he's in prison. He's in D.C. working for the federal government? Yeah. Text us and let us know. Matthew. (laughs) It's too late. I know. It's too late. This is gone. This this conversation happened yesterday or whatever. So, okay, you guys. What I have continued to read. Parnas and Fruman, um, Igor and Crapbag or whatever, have little history of political. (laughs) Crab knuckle. Have little history of political involvement, um, but emerged suddenly in a circle of elite Trump donors after Parnas gave $50,000 to support Trump's to support Trump's election in 2016. And when they say emerged, they mean emerged out of a coffin full of grave dirt, <laughs> yeah, I presume. Igor is here now. $50,000? That's not that much money, to be honest. Well, I mean, then no. he also gave $325,000 okay. to a pack, I guess. Mm. Um, and then... And then here's, I thought this was an interesting paragraph that jumped out at me. In the spring of 2018, partners met with the congressman seeking his assist, quote, seeking his, quote, assistance in causing the U.S. government to remove or recall the then the then United States ambassador to Ukraine. Oh, that's what's mm. her name. Parnas's yes. e- the, yeah. or something. Right. right. Parnas's efforts to remove the ambassador were conducted at least in part at the request of one or more Ukrainian government officials. Well, so yeah. this is all the no same one, story. No one liked her. This is all the same story. So is yeah. this just coming out? Again, I don't know, but this might be coming out of j- literally the inquiry? Yeah, and, I would think so. Right? Look, yeah, I don't know. I'm not deep state. I'm I not Selena's yeah. ex-boyfriend. I, I know. Can we get in touch <laughs> with like at least one of his tattoos? And maybe they'll have some. I know, and he'll tell me he did get married to someone else, so I feel like I should respect their marriage. But uh, I do like to to mention that I used to sleep with an FBI agent uh, constantly. Constantly. Mention it all the time. I I feel like it's what this podcast should be about. Um, I'm tr- I sometimes mention that I l- like slept with a guy who lived on a houseboat, which Ooh, feels like a wow. thing. Yeah, great trivia. And... Great trivia. <laughs> I love it. Where was the houseboat moored? Oh, you guys, it was in New Jersey, which Ooh, ma- immediately uh, makes it like if I would have yeah. been like, oh, it was on the bayous of Louisiana, yeah. then you guys would have been like, let's start talking. Mm-hmm. But now that I said New Jersey, you're, you're, New I've Jersey seen houseboat me. had to have been a reality show at some point. <laughs> That has to have been New Jersey House voters. <laughs> um, okay. okay, so let's talk so about let's politics. let's talk about politics. But I mean, we'll dedicate an entire separate podcast to talking about Selena's love life. Um, Thank you. What I'm, worried about, what I'm worried about is this is just more muddying of the waters, a whole other thing to talk about. And this will, I mean, you know, n- none evidence. of the money was. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But what, that doesn't matter anymore. Evidence is used to to prove a case in a court of. We're not even. We can't even <laughs> yeah, 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 have. Yeah. We, you know, we can't even have a good impeachment anymore. Well, okay. So let me ask this though, you guys, because the thing I'm not, that's I'm not a nihilist. I'm just saying. Right. I think this is going to be a whole three days of talking about what it means, and then we're going to get another thing, another mm-hmm. thing like this. Yeah. And yeah. What What matters is when 
when is the White House going to be forced to cooperate with the Well, and the interesting thing is the, one of the big stories be. out of yesterday was that um, we're recording Thursday morning was that Trump has basically refused to cooperate yeah. with the inquiry. Now, I, I kind of feel like genius. What does that mean to refuse to cooperate? I mean, and how can you do that? Like, it's a subpoena. This ain't optional, kid. Like, I don't understand. So their this. point is like that. Na- this is, it's a really frustrating and ridiculous point. But their point is that Nancy Pelosi didn't take a full House vote before starting the inquiry, mm. which makes, you know, the inqu- they're like, yeah, which makes the inquiry not it, un- it makes just, it unfair. It's just an excuse. It's just yeah. an excuse. The House, and the house like, is using its constitutional power currently. It doesn't need to it doesn't take a House need to. vote to launch no, an impeachment inquiry. Right. And like they talk about the precedent of fucking Bill Clinton and yeah. uh, Richard Nixon and the way that the House took a full vote to go into a impeachment inquiry then. But the I feel like a precedent of two on a thing that should literally never happen is yeah. not really a precedent. You know what I mean? That's sure. A. Also B, like it was never the Constitution did not lay out how this is supposed to go. So mm-hmm. Nancy's doing the right thing mm-hmm. according to however she decided she wants to do it. Um, and it's a it's an argument against process. It's not saying the president do, didn't do anything impeachable. It's saying we agree, disagree with the way that you're filing these yeah. the paperwork. Yeah. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's like, what's ridiculous. I'm not going to walk into this room because it's too dim in here. Right. You have to, <laughs> this is not the way I like it. You know, this is I mean, and. This is this is cl- cl- you know classic celebrity behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm going to get out of doing something that I don't want to do, and I'll c- I'll come up with some BS excuses to why. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, yeah, it's also Trump. Like I mean, for his so many of his supporters are law enforcement, and I'm like he's disobeying law enforcement. I mean, I just can't like it blows the mind. Here's what it comes down to, though. And this is where it gets really sickening for me. Nancy Pelosi could choose to have a House vote tomorrow. Yeah. To appease. The president, yeah, bogus request because she has the votes. It's not an issue. Sure, yeah, and 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 she could do it tomorrow. I've heard arguments or read arguments that she doesn't want to because then when it comes down to voting to impeach, there might be switchings of votes and it might not seem as resolved. Whatever, she Nancy Pelosi works in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say about that. Anyway. Nancy Pelosi responds to pressure in mysterious ways. We'll put it that way. When she does that house vote and she goes, okay, now let's get going. He's just going to go, nope. He's yeah. just going to go, nope. Yeah. He's going to go, nope, in part because so many, so much of his support is in is within law enforcement and the military. Mm-hmm. So what's the house going to do? Go try, go frog march the president of the United States into the House of Representatives? Be a, a ma- That's exactly what he wants to force. Mm-hmm. It's exactly, be tr- br- brought to court as a martyr. Oh, yeah. be, it would be, he's just not going to do it. He's just going to say no. Just like paying for his casinos or anything. Yeah. It's just like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, the rules <laughs> don't apply. And I don't care if you think I'm shameless and terrible. I just yeah. don't deal you with it. You would have to you know? physically drag me there. I dare you to do it. Yeah. And also, maybe that's what it's going to come to. Multiple, this, this is totally a side note, but multiple cities have said, you know, that the, the campaign owes them money yes. for yes. law enforcement yep. costs and mm-hmm. they just haven't fucking paid it yep. for his rallies. Of course. Well, that's happening in Minneapolis where he's about to have a rally. Yeah. He stiffed Minneapolis law, uh, police department or something for security, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he's done it in multiple yeah. cities. Yep. I mean, it's ridiculous and they're just not paying. Yeah. So uh, I, it's... 
it's a strategy that's worked for him so far. The like just saying, no, I yeah. won't do it. Whatever the law is, I won't do it. I don't care. I just can't. Im- how do you look yourself in the mirror? And it's because he's a, a sociopath. I mean, obviously, he doesn't yeah, care. But I'm just like, how do you him. live your life this way, you monster? Well, he's, done, he's done it. His whole all, life. His whole life. Yeah. yeah. And it's been. And then. OK, so here here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Um was this more monstrous behavior, which is pulling out of Syria at a moment's notice. And this is crazy because it, so again, I'm, you know, I know this, the whole uh, situation in Syria is like confusing, but the Kurds have been helping keep ISIS at bay and Mm -hmm. reduce their forces. And now we're like, we're pulling out Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. leaves this the Kurds open to Turkish attack, mm-hmm. which is literally what What's Turkey happening? is doing currently. Yeah. And the crazy thing about that is there's all these like POW camps of of ISIS, ISIS fighters, fighters yeah. de- ISIS detainee uh, camps, and now they and because these guys have to go to the front lines and fight Turkey, these camps are going to be left unmanned, and then who knows what's going to happen with those prisoners? They could probably break free and then regain, you know, ISIS could regain a foothold, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so we know why Donald Trump is doing this. No, tell me, why is he doing this? Well, because I don't understand distract. it. I, I don't remember if I can swear on this. Oh, yeah. So the way that he deals with uh, ad, 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 adversity mm. is to start spinning around and shitting in all directions. Like creating total, it's a 360 degree shit spray of words, ideas, uh, uh, contradictions, blaming Rick Perry, Mm -hmm. uh, causing an international incident in in southern Turkey, northern Syria. You know, it's all just a distraction campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't care that it means that perhaps a whole whole people are going to be massacred by the Turks because Erdogan hates the Kurds and wants and considers them. Terribly destabilizing to, to his reign in Turkey. Yeah. So he'll let, he'll let, he'll sacrifice everything. He'll let those ISIS fighters go. Who cares? By the like, way, that makes sense. Oh, and he I saw on Twitter this morning. I think he was doing some sort of a statement this morning. Trump was. Mm. Um, and Trump really? said, "Yeah, I mean, he was saying something." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was like there was a whole Twitter thread. Maybe it was last night, but I mean, he, someone said, you know, all these ISIS fighters will just be really like, you're, oh, yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter. And, and he goes, well, they're going to be released in Europe. So oh, who cares? Who ca- I know. Yeah. But then he also Good said, in, confoundingly, he was like, well, the Kurds didn't help us fight That's World right. War II. Oh, I know. Like he what? cares about Europe. So in one sentence, he gives two shits. Yeah. And yep. then another. I mean, what are you talking ways, about? This is a long time coming for the Kurds. <laughs> Oh, my like, God. Like, where were they God. on the beaches of Normandy? <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> they've, only, they've, only, they've only been the jailers of all these ISIS fighters on our behalf. Yeah. Right. And then there's more insidious ways of looking at this, though. So there's the chaos theory, which That's everything, theory. Fe- everything mm-hmm, feels like mm-hmm. it feeds into the chaos right. theory. And the worst and things the, go for Trump, the, the, the more he'll start, you know. Yeah. And, and by the way, the 360 degree uh, shit spray. Yeah. I picture cool. just a, like <laughs> yeah. a carnival, like <laughs> what the horse, what are the carousel? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Trump on the carousel, his butt in the air exposed, and then shitting it pod, around. Pod, really podcasting is just about painting it's word pictures. It's just about painting word pictures. And then we, we all just I mean, did that's that. The, that's the Biden thing. He just wants to sh- he wants to but cover th- Biden in shit so that everyone is, is full yeah, of shit. Exactly. Yeah. Right, that, um, the funny thing is, though, I'm like, why don't you're going to have to start covering other Democratic primary candidates in shit because Biden's already slipping. He I had know. been slipping. Yeah. All this focus on him, it seems. Yeah, but he's the only real human being. 
Right, among right, them. right, right. Because he's the only he's the only older white man. Older white, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. only yeah. threat that he's able to really perceive. Yeah. The rest are not full. But human I was going to say the other thing. Oh, sorry, the Bert, other Bernie to, is, but he's a socialist, so it doesn't matter. It does, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other way that to read this is that Turkey has something on him, like a phone call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, right? He's mm-hmm. been bad with the phone call, oh. so we know that that could bring him down. Or yeah. a business he, deal. A, exactly, mm-hmm. a business Trump deal. Something having to do with the Khashoggi murder. In Saudi Arabia and some kind of weird thing that we have to do for Saudi. So Turkey did a cover up and that I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. But my point is, there's all these other possibilities, which I would in normal circumstances would be like, that's conspiracy theories. And I don't like talking about those things. But because that's all we've, you know, know, (laughs) we're in that world now. I mean, we, we, we know we know that he was soliciting Putin to build a Trump Hotel Moscow during the election. Mm-hmm. He he denied that that was true, but it is true. So yeah, he's he is, he, and we know that there is a, there are Trump hotels in in Turkey, or at least one that they did a big business deal there. Yeah, and you know that in all that development, a lot of compromising material was probably gathered. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was no secret how dictatorships function. They yeah. function through blackmail. Yeah, so it's not conspiracy theory at this point to imagine that they have something on Donald Trump. Yeah, even or it's just he's in love with dictators and he loves them, so he wants to help them out. Well, um, I guess let's just see what happens. Well, I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when you sent me my homework to read uh-huh. up on all this uh-huh. stuff, um, because I didn't even know that Turkey was a country till this morning. Hey! So <laughs> Hey! <laughs> I was like, thank you for sending me that World Atlas. <laughs> Hard copy. But you yeah. raised a real, an interesting point and, and a real question that I, that I can't quite figure out, which is, why are congressional Republicans comfortable with censoring the Trump administration for this move yep. in drawing troops out of uh, out of um, Syria and uh, when they will not obviously take a, a moment to even consider saying maybe we should look into this Ukraine call, which is the subject of the impeachment inquiry? Yeah. And then the arg- and and so what we read a, an op-ed about that and, and the argument was basically like they're comfortable – uh, criticizing the president on Syria because there's no domestic blowback from mm-hmm. it. Like, vo- mm-hmm. I guess, you know, what they're basically trying to say is voters don't give a shit about mm-hmm. what happens in Syria sure, yeah. or right. the Kurds or anything. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but mm-hmm. if I may, please, the, the question remains like Mitt Romney says, I think the president has been, a you know, criticized him about in any way. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's a pompous ass mm-hmm. and we should impeach Ben Romney and everything else. Yeah. Uh, Lindsey Graham is the greatest supporter of Donald Trump of all time since the time, at least when he decided to stop calling Donald Trump an idiot. Yeah. God. (laughs) Lindsey Graham comes out very forcefully against Donald Trump. Yeah. So that establishes his quote unquote independence, I suppose. He can make, he can, you know, point to some, I'm not a pure toady bona fides. Yeah. But that doesn't protect him from Donald Trump saying, Lindsey Graham is against me on Syria. I hate him and he's a creep. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Like they're so, they seem to be motivated out of fear of Donald Trump turning on them. So why aren't they afraid that Donald Trump's turning Gonna on turn them? Going to turn on them? I think does do, because does he turn on people over international diplomacy as yeah, much? I mean, he so care. much is like he was so wrong about North Korea, right? Like North Korea <sighs> situation has become disastrous. And, and there's nothing. He got nothing from it. I he mean, yeah, nothing. he thinks he looks strong, yeah, he but got he got some so beautiful weak. letters and gigantic <laughs> envelopes. <laughs> Like the stationery stores in North Korea must be really big, right? Because all their letters and envelopes are huge. 
papyrus jung eel. Um, no, but I, th- I think there's something about the foreign policy that because he maybe thinks, and I don't know, but I think maybe he thinks his base just doesn't follow it as much mm-hmm. or so it's not, understand it's, it. Right. So he doesn't need to go on the Twitter tirade about foreign policy stuff. It's like he's doing, it's like the Sunday shows care. Right. But and maybe not, it's because yeah, it's, right. too, maybe because it's too complex. Like he it, loves uh, yeah. dumb shit. He loves, you know, like, like uh, shit throwing as long as it's sort of in the context of a dumb issue. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he can have a stupid nickname, but like this is a complex issue going on over there. So yeah, yeah. I guess he sort of stands down when it comes to Bragging on his own party. You guys, um, people of Faith the Nation, let me know what you think. Let me know uh, why don't mm. Republicans um, criticize uh, the president over impeachment, and but they will over Syria. Let me know. Yeah, and, community building call to action. Very yeah. good podcasting. <laughs> how, how should they let you know? Um, you know, they could do it on Twitter right. or Instagram yeah. or Facebook. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's take a quick break and um, hear about our sponsors who are great, mm-hmm. you know, who keep the lights on here at Fake the Nation. And then when we come back, we'll talk about other things. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. 
And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back. 
Can I just say, those sponsors, amazing. Amazing, uh, right? Really great, really great. Come on. Yeah, um, okay. I endorse them. I endorse them. <laughs> um, Good right. job, sponsors. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get into topic number two. <clears throat> so, uh, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, is what Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, tweeted recently. The Chinese government panties got in a major ruffle. Um, they canceled all the NBA preseason games from broadcast in China, which is like a shitload of money, as I understand. Yeah. Uh, the So, the NBA, in response, put out a gutless statement siding with the Chinese government and apologizing <laughs> for the tweet. It continues to be in the news. I think they said the tweet was regrettable. Regrettable. <laughs> right. Uh, I love that use of but, like passive words like that, you know, just right. like meaningless jargon. But Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I mean, and now they're sort of like, no, 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 we, our employees can say, because now the, there was backlash against that. Um, and now, you know. Every the NBA is trying to ride this line of like we our employees uh, can say whatever they want. We also believe in China. See, <laughs> I'm like, it's just a weird. I'm not a I'm not a sports fan or follower. I mean, as you know, if you read my book Medallion Status out October 15th, <laughs> bit.ly slash Medallion Status. Always be plugging all one word, all capital letters. <laughs> my, the only sport that I follow is uh, extinct hockey. Hockey teams that don't Ooh, exist anymore. Yeah. Hartford Whalers, oh, Hartford the Whalers. Yeah. 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 I like, I like what? them. It's just like historically you yeah. like to know what also, happened. Also, that was sort of the golden era of hockey when you had real goons. You had a lot of hockey fights. Yeah, I love hockey fights. Yeah, real goons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know how I love goons. Oh, my. I used to date a goon. I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. You used to date a hockey goon? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> they're, just guys, they're like guys who are most, mostly boxers, but they like know how to skate, you know? I'd like to have a podcast with you where we talk about your ex-boyfriends. Oh, there's a lot of them. So I can, characters. So you know? I can ask you like... But basically, the whole the whole concept of the podcast is John Hodgman saying, "What are men like?" <laughs> <laughs> like they all drive trucks. Yeah. All of them. All of them. So, so anyway, okay, so I don't know to. about so sport. you don't know about sports. I don't know about sports, and I was depressed. I mean, I heard about the I heard about this controversy. Yeah. Um, but digging into it and appreciating how much how much the NBA is beholden to the Chinese market, so the foreign market in general, that they have this whole extra this whole extra season where the where the where the teams travel the world playing these exhibition games. Yeah, I had in no other idea. countries yeah. and in Asia that. in particular. Wow! And I was just like, wow! I knew that our that our federal government and our country and our and our political life was now all a withered colony of China and other dictatorial nations. I didn't realize sports was too. That yeah. we're just we're just this like terrified little colonial power that doesn't want to upset the, the the main boss, which is China in this case. Right. The NBA is terrified of losing that audience as yeah. as every corporation that is supposedly based in America but is really a national multinational corporation is afraid of losing the Chinese. Market. And I thought it was what was so fascinating to me about this situation was that they the league boycotted North Carolina a few years ago um, when they because of a law that discriminated against LGBTQ people. Um, I thought and, and in that case, they would be alienating a major subject of the American population. Right. But 
they still did it. And I, you know, so it seemed like they stood by, you know, they had some kind of ethics there. Yeah, I've always thought that the NBA was sort of impressively, like they permit during warmups when um, different players would wear like, I can't breathe t-shirts, uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. I always felt like the NBA was very refreshing because the NFL, you know, I mean, the constantly talking about the, can you take a knee? Can you not? And the, I think the NFL has really handled that horribly. And I used to be very impressed because I was like, oh, the NBA kind of lets it ride and like lets people make a political yeah. point. So this surprised me so much. Well, I believe the commissioner of the NBA whose last name is Silver, whose first name I forget, Mm. came out after the fact and tried to put the genie back in the bottle Mm. and say, no, we do support freedom of speech of all of our players, owners, managers, whatever. But, you know, they did back down. And I think the reason is pretty simple. It's like, yeah, you can you can piss off you can piss off the 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 fans of the, you know, the fans in, in North Carolina or the more conservative fans or the MAGA people or whatever, because do you know how many of them there are? Less than one billion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the yeah. numbers are staggering. You know, like they I, I read somewhere that they had in twenty nineteen, um, twenty-one million Chinese watched game six of the NBA finals. Yeah. Right. But in the United States it was only um eighteen point three million viewers um in the United States. So like on an average just game, right. more people are watching it wow, there than gosh. here. And eighteen million people watching a thing is something that doesn't happen in broadcast television very often unless it's a live sports event. Right. So that the China is just like, yeah, how about this? Twenty one million. Yeah. I think God. part of it is it's easier to maintain your, you know, to have it to take an ethical stance against North Carolina, for example, yeah. when it's a just pegged to a peg, pegged to a news cycle, because we're very right. easy to forget mm-hmm. in a few days what's the thing happening in North Carolina. What did the NBA do? Who cares? We're not talking about it, that anymore because Giuliani said something. Yeah. So, so I think it's easy to take a moral stance there. It's not easy to take moral stances against China because they what they do is literally shut you down. Right. They're mm. not a democracy, mm-hmm. right? So they wipe you out of the internet. They wipe you out of you know, you can you can uh m- like put posts on Chinese Twitter or whatever, but like they'll be removed. So yeah. there's no it's just it, it's just an erasure. Yeah, if you boycott North Carolina because of the bathroom bill or whatever, you might you might have some angry conservatives on Twitter showing videos of them burning NBA hats. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but that speaks to the fact that we do have relatively free flow of information, certainly yeah. compared to China. And the people who want to watch the NBA in North Carolina have multiple ways to engage with the NBA. But if China doesn't like the NBA, they're... Yeah, they're, they're just going, over. They're going, to, they're going to that room and hit the hit the switch. Absolutely, and I think you know. I also what I also thought was strange is that why, like China made a big deal out of this. I almost feel like if out of one tweet, yeah. and it made international news. Yeah. But if they had just sort of like let it go. Then, no, they don't let that go. But they don't let things go. But not also, that, not 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 the issue around autonomy of, of like, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Right. In the same way, like they can't let Taiwan go. It hasn't been part of China. I mean, they believe that it is part of China. Right. Basically, you know, it's been fifty years. That thing, Taiwan's not coming back. I but guess. They won't I let guess what's interesting really, is really, really important international backlash against China over stuff like this. One hundred percent doesn't matter to them. No, mm-hmm. that's what's fascinating is that international pressure will make a French 
you know, a broadcast company change their mind, but it will not, do, you know, it, yeah. the government of China does not give a shit about international mm-hmm. pressure when it comes to right. this stuff. That's well, why Donald a, Trump aspires to become an authoritarian figure. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I don't know. I was just going to say, because they're the big bully. Yeah, I mean, China can do whatever China wants to do, you know? So, and the interesting thing is, I think this is one of those moments, too, where, like, you know, sports is making the average American think about this. But Google and Facebook have been doing China's bidding from the beginning. They have modified their platforms. They've made them, you know, censor havens. Mm. Uh, I mean, is it... Uh, are you a little, I guess, do you feel like we're kind of coming on to this a little late or what do you? We are like, we are like Hong Kong. We're an autonomous zone with a slightly different, slightly more protections, slightly more freedom of market, slightly more freedom of information, slightly more freedom of movement than the, than the people in mainland China, uh, have. Um, but the fact is that because of our entwinement in the world via social media, via multinational corporations, and by, via the NBA, we are effectively an autonomous zone of China at this point. Yeah, man, for real. And we're terrified. We won't stand up for democracy in Hong Kong. Well, you the know, funny thing you know, is— We're supposed to stand up for democracy all around the world, but— I think the other interesting thing that happened the same week is that there was a South Park episode that was erased from all of major Chinese platforms because it made fun of Chinese uh, censors and the effect they have on American entertainment. And I guess I didn't totally realize this, um, is that Hollywood changes scripts to movies based on Chinese censors. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, because— We are not the market for most Hollywood movies. We just don't have enough people. Yeah, China is a Asia in general is a is a huge part of decision making process in Hollywood. Yeah, and like, you me, need to make if you want to make I money in Hollywood, you need to make movies that do not rely a lot on in, uh, knowledge of English, visual storytelling, action, right. The Rock. Right. Yeah. Um, no offense to no offense, The Rock. I yeah. love The Rock. No, yeah. I mean, Fast and you Furious. Know, that's why it goes like it's such a, I mean, seemingly profitable franchise because, yeah, yeah it's just like smash them up cars. I don't and, remember yeah. whatever The Rock skyscraper movie was, but oh, like. I think it was called like Building or something. It was like the title. No, I think it was like High Rise. The high or, rise yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone was telling me the story Harry's about. Harry's looking it up. About how, the, you know, the, the Rock basically narrates everything he's doing. Like, now I need to jump from here to there. <laughs> like, now I need it's to open that door. Skyscraper. Yeah, it's called Skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have been called Building. Building, I think, really is more compelling. That would be really funny. Yeah, I mean, so it's a massive, I, but, massive, massive market for all entertainment. But South yeah. Park basically came back and said, um, like the this was their response. There was this was their official apology to the Chinese government. Uh, like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too <laughs> love money more than freedom and democracy. Xi doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Long live the Great Communist Party of China. May this autumn sorghum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? Wow. Um, and so they stood by their guns. But I, Again, I think it was a little easier for them to stand by their guns because one episode of South Park not airing is not a big deal. If they make a... Right. right? Like, it's something... Certainly not they a big deal for me. They can say, fuck you. <laughs> Just kidding. I love South Park. Don't get um, mad at me. But, no, but also, but, that's their whole brand. It's not like you know? I insulted right. Rick and Morty over here. I was just making a joke. <laughs> no one get angry at me. No, South Park people are mad, and Rick and Morty oh, people yeah, are yeah, so mad. I didn't say anything about Rick and Morty. Because I know. 
<laughs> um, so I think, oh, can I ask you guys something? Um, you know when people say uh, on their Twitter profile, it'll be like, you know, love Columbus, Ohio. Um, tweets nope, are my own. never heard that. <laughs> mom sister you know loving wife love columbus tweets are my own tweets are my own okay um no i'm talking about the columbus though can we talk oh, about that i do love columbus i've been to columbus ohio many a time um guys bring me out to columbus i I'm, think i've been there once but i don't I've probably been to columbus, remember i think probably six times in my life i've never been to asia <laughs> <laughs> i've never been to i've never been to mexico I've been to Columbus, Ohio. I've been, to, like I've been to the I Stand with Hong Kong, Hong Kong that we speak of. You've been to Hong Kong. Ooh. Well, Hong Kong, talk about skyscrapers yeah. and buildings. Yeah. Right. Hey. Oh, no wonder that movie's a hit. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I see them. You know, it actually, it's, it, you think you live in Manhattan and like you've seen, you've seen all the buildings you need to see. Hong no. Kong totally next levels the building yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and at any rate, we are, we are like, the world is New York City and the United States is now Columbus, Ohio. That's what's going on. Which in Columbus is great. I know. <laughs> Which, please, I agree. To it's, a nice, it's a nice Again, place to live. People in Columbus bring me out. But, I'll do. Uh, I'd love to go and visit and do stand up and yeah. stop accidentally talking shit. What I really but wanted we are, to. We are not on. We are not on top of this world. <laughs> No, we're not. No, it's no. empire but in decline. The, finally, uh, qu- but the question I really wanted to ask is: tweets are my own. Yeah, uh, that's a red guess, flag. Does yeah. that? It's who I else mean, would be tweeting for you? Random. Well, I mean, it's like people who work for at jobs, right? Yes. So they just want to be like, I'm tweeting about you know my fucking. Oh, you think yeah. that they're covering their butts? They're covering yeah. their butts. Uh, right? yeah, they're yeah. covering their butts. Got, yeah. But it, like. Truly doesn't mean anything, right? Like you, if you work for Google and you just say tweets are my own, and then your next po- your your next post is like cannibalism is super fun. Like th- we got that audio clip, right? <laughs> <laughs> just back and I'll say your name again, just so we have it all in one <laughs> one nice tidy unit. Uh, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's um, it's. I guess is there. We're talking about like, oh, the NBA is not giving this guy freedom of speech, blah, blah. But do we actually in any situation in which we have a job have the freedom to express ourselves on social media? Yeah. Because, I mean, at every moment, I think a company would think you are representing our brand. That's what I'm saying. You know? So tweets are my own is useless. I think right. it's a silly gesture that people... Yeah, yeah no, it's a, silly, it's a silly gesture. But I'm just saying, literally, in, taken literally, your tweets are never your own yeah. because right. you're constantly representing something. Like, if I was like, I like to kill bitches, Earwolf would probably, you know, d- disaffiliate. Mm-hmm. Disaffiliate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice yeah, but they make a podcast about you. Yeah, <laughs> you probably There's think this podcast is about you. Um, but I, but I'm saying you, you're you're always this week under on this. Aftermath, yes. We had a host <laughs> turned out to be cannibal serial killer. <laughs> I mean, that would be you guys would hot. be interviewed. Like, did you see the cannibalism see it, when you were we panelists on her show? It coming. Like, throw, the earrings were just so cute. I was focused on those. At one point, she like she sprinkled salt on my arm. <laughs> I thought it was a tradition. (laughs) So my point is, I guess we don't live in the world. And maybe we never did, except for the prop. Before you could just go into even yell in a public square your thoughts Mm -hmm. about killing bitches. And it probably wouldn't go very far. Right. And you'd be like, well, I'm not going to get fired from my job because no one heard that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and now, now everything now, now everything you utter online is documented. So forever. the idea mm-hmm. that like having that something about China makes it any different is a little is you know is maybe just uh, a distinction without a difference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From our own situation in the United States, it's really it's really a good option to not say anything. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, is yeah. always an option. Yeah, because, and I'm always amazed. There that are times don't, in your life when it. you have to take a stand. Mm-hmm. When you're asked a question and you have to take a stand, I I'm not don't saying take a stand. I'm I'm not saying be a coward, <laughs> but be be you know be aware that if you tweet Hong Kong, you know democracy. Uh, you know, fight for democracy in Hong Kong. That's a big deal if you are working for a, co- the defense a company. Department. Yeah, 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 or yeah, the yeah. defense department. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. right. Um, and then my last thing I wanted to point out is it's almost as if, like, a guy who works for the NBA tweeting out a pro Hong Kong democracy tweet. That's almost like, in terms of what the blowback might be mm-hmm. and the constant attacks, it's almost like being a woman tweeting about anything. Okay. <laughs> John gets it. John gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's how serious it is. Yeah, like they yeah, need to yeah, take yeah, that seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and but then the other weird thing is the last thing I'll say is that um the fucking this this kind of feeds into our trade negotiations because we don't ask the Chinese government to like not we don't ask Chinese companies working in the United States to like not weigh in on North Carolina's laws or whatever. Like they are allowed to. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and so it we're it's really it's we're a, really it's an interested imbalanced in, yeah. trade it goes one relationship. Way and not the other. Exactly. Yeah. Um which is what it means to trade with uh, authoritarian yeah. regimes. Yes, yeah. you play by their rules. You play by their rules. So then you, you, you're, you mean close the borders is what you're saying. I'm <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> I'm saying build a wall. That's, right. That's what I'm saying. All the way around. <laughs> All right, you guys. All let... shoes will be manufactured in Maine and New England again. <laughs> Were shoes once only manufactured in the in Maine and New England? Is... Uh, Maine had a very big and uh, Maine had a very big shoe industry. Interesting. Not, not anymore. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, on that note about Maine and shoes, let us move on to the next topic. Um, so we read a piece in Slate called Workplace Diversity is a Poor Substitute for Having It in Your Real Life, in which writer Rochelle Hampton talks about a study on American pluralism. Um, the study found that some good news, which is that most Americans do not live in a bubble, um, like 80% of Americans see people of different races, ideologies, and religions. And interact with them, And too. interact with them. Right. And I was actually... I thought that number was very high, and I was pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, However, about one in five Americans say they seldom or never interact with someone who doesn't share their race or ethnicity um, at 21% uh, or religion at 22%. Nearly a quarter say they seldom or never interact with someone who doesn't share their political party, and nearly a third say they seldom or never interact with someone who doesn't share their sexual orientation. Um, so what what did you make of these numbers? I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I think there are so many pockets of America where people only interact with people like them, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because it just... It's why, you know, Trump is able to take root and convince people that somehow Mexicans are both very lazy, but also stealing your jobs, you know, like, because if you don't have any uh, context for it, exactly, you know, but, but I mean, it, 
to me, it's just – it's so stunning because living in New York, I mean, you just have so many different types of people. And I can't yeah. imagine – I mean, and I grew up in the Boston area. So, I, you know, I mean – Where I did you grow up? Weston. I'm from Brookline. Oh, hey. hey nice. Yeah. yeah, good times. But like a very white – you know, I mean – Yeah. You know, that's what, that took me by surprise when I left home. Yes. Because yeah. I thought I lived in a big city. Yeah. And what I realized was I lived in a very Caucasian – Town. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah totally. and does it still like feel like that? Like when parts, I go, of parts of Boston. Yeah. When for I go sure. back and I'll ride the T, I look around and I'm like, wow, just yeah. the subway in New York looks so different. Yeah. Right? You know, it's just like I went back. I was like, I feel like I left. I left this town in 1989, and it feels like 1989. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Still, 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 a lot of people dressed like it's 19. Yeah. Well, or when I, or <laughs> a lot of white people, a lot of white people in New Balance shoes. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. New Balance headquarters <laughs> there. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean, and when you travel in the South, like I'm often struck by how white it is. You know, and just that I think if you don't want to interact with people who aren't like you in certain areas, it's easy it's to easy do. To do. Yeah. yeah. So I get. So again, according to this piece, when asked where people frequently do interact with people outside of their political party, race, or ethnicity, three quarters said it was at the workplace. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes a lot of sense. Now, the point of this article was to say that if most people, the author of this article felt that people. Mostly interacting with people of other races, background, ethnicity, sexual orientation, political point of view happens at the workplace, that that's not the solution. That that's mm-hmm. not the solution. Yeah. And that yeah. one of the things they brought up is that um, it makes those inter- interactions particularly burdened for the marginalized group. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, did you guys – do you guys feel – I mean, you know, you're a woman, so that's uh, – one marginalized group. I'm a both... cis straight white male, so I'll take this one. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand down, stand down. <laughs> um, but I'll I'll start right. Okay, as the Muslim lady in the room, I'll say that um, I it's I hear this argument a lot, and I you know I, I perform a lot at at colleges and universities and stuff like that, and people come up to me after shows, and they say like you know. Um, if you know, it's not fair for minorities to like be the representative of their group. It's not fair. It's not fair. And I'm always like, to me, that's just like a glass half full, glass half empty mm-hmm. way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I'm like, are you saying I'm the representative of my group? Amazing. <laughs> like, right. does this mean people are going to look at me and be like, that's what Muslims be like? Awesome! Like, fucking great! I'm pretty cool. I'd rather they think of me than they think of, like, you know, jihadists that they show on loop on Fox News. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Sure. So, like, to me, I'm like, that's such a fantastic opportunity. What? That's so great. And I don't, and I and I think partially because I don't come from, I come from a severely underpopulated ethnic minority. So, I've never, ever, ever been able to walk into a room and be like, where are my fellow Iranians? Muslims, you know what I mean? That's not something I can ever, ever do. So for me, I'm always the only person, and so I've never felt burdened by it. I think... Um, when you're a member of like a slightly larger minority group, when you're African American, you're Latino, you can you you can walk into a, a room and maybe like scan the room and see where who's there and yeah. see who you can mm-hmm. ba- you know um, form a party with. But I I guess. But I, I guess I've just never understood why this is burdensome. Well, I think that's really nice that you see it as an opportunity, but I think it is it puts a lot of pressure on you, you know? Like if anything happen, you know, like everything will you'll be seen as you're the representative of the group. So even if it's like, oh, I guess Iranian American Muslims uh wear lovely earrings. Okay, like yeah. it's just a lot of pressure, I think. For, and, for the listener at home, 
Nagin's wearing lovely earrings. I keep ta- yeah. touching on the earrings, yeah. but they're so great. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> they're very Thank cool. They're, they're made of human fingers. Uh, <laughs> As we've no. established Spooky my cannibalist ways. Uh, no, cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, I mean, I, I've been thinking about this uh, as far as, you know, being a female stand-up. And if you're booked on a show and it's mm. majority men, yeah. there is so much pressure on you to do well because yeah. you're representing the whole thing. Yeah. And there's also pressure on you to not cancel. Like, I mean, I think terribly, and this is sort of an aside, but, you know, there's a bit of a reputation for female stand-ups to cancel more what? than men. It's bizarre, but I've, I've heard it. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, but I'm, you know. I'm, I've heard it from, I think I've it's. I've always been a tourist in this world. I think it's it's used by bookers who I think don't want to book women. Oh, so it right. might be. Yeah. A, a sort of, common excuse it's a false flag, that's maybe. Un- yeah. yeah, unfounded. Exactly. Yeah. But, but they often say yeah, that. I, but- I booked this uh, this woman comedian, and then she got pregnant. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> but but I think her name's that- Elizabeth Warren. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> got removed from the show. <laughs> But I think that they, it just does put a lot of pressure on the one person when you're like, well, you know, the weight of my people is on me and I better not screw it up. Yeah. I mean, the, I, o- the only obligation I've ever had in any workplace is to be my is to be myself and do my job. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is there. And that's because I Western American culture has always treated me as default human. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, exactly there's not there's nothing about my experience that is anything but the default way that all humans exist. Yep. And everything else aside from me is defined as exotic. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you, you go to those colleges and universities to perform. Right. You've chosen yeah. a life in, in the public. But like if you're just an accountant who isn't a white guy and you just want to do your accounting. Yeah. You just want to fade into the background yeah, like everybody else. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. every other accountant does. Yeah. Why, you know? yeah. <laughs> why do you think you, if you just want to do your work? I could see, you know, and I could see how that could be weird and burdensome to be essentially a de facto representative of diversity in the workplace. Okay. And, so, right. exactly. and the author made another point, which is like, if you're trying to engage in real conversations about what it's like to have a different experience or whatever in the workplace, that's not a neutral environment if you are a supervisor to that person. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, the hierarchies tend to still favor straight white men. So you might say something that's a little bit provocative about your own experience or different and worry that uh, you're going to get in trouble or something yeah. like that. So right. I thought that it's not a neutral env- – the workplace is not a neutral mm-hmm. environment. No. I mean, and and the, the article also suggests that um, it sort of suggests that marginalized people exist in these spaces for the benefit of the majority rather than for their own benefit, mm-hmm. livelihood, education, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I don't know. I bet people like having jobs, though. I mean, right. Yeah. You, I mean, people I need know. a job. Um, I but hope they're I, fulfilled in their careers. I think, well, okay. I, I can say that there are situations where I clearly feel like the diversity hire in mm-hmm. some, like, writer's room situations. I felt like I felt that way. Um, but I've... <sighs> But I'm also like, I also want, need that job. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, it's like, yeah. part of it is like, who gives a shit what brought me in the door? Like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I think. And it's better for the white guys in the room that you're there. Yeah, I think the other thing that we're forgetting is that it's better for capitalism when I'm there, right? Okay. So, like, they found that shows like Grey's Anatomy that show diverse people make more money, mm-hmm. right? right? So m- diversifying the shows wasn't just some sort of moral imperative. It was literally a capitalist one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, you know, so I think it's not like my presence there is, is for the benefit of um, the other white people. It's for the benefit of capitalism, yeah. you know, right. which means I think that the, the solution for diversity isn't at the workplace. I think I agree that the solution for diversity isn't at the workplace, that we need to have a 360 degree 
solution for diversity, which is that there's so many things that feed into it, not the least of which is our segregated communities. And mm-hmm. then part of the reason they're segregated is because we don't have public transport that makes sense in most cities and that we don't, you know, uh, we don't have mixed income um, neighborhoods that make that yeah. lead to better outcomes for low income people. Like there's so many things going on that we need to. It's not just like throw some people in a job, you mm-hmm. know, that that solves the diversity problem. Yeah, I mean, the the reason that it was not totally surprising to me that the number of people reported really not interacting with anyone else who doesn't look like them or believe what they believe is being around 22, 23 percent, which, you know, we're in a political moment where we feel haunted by this movement of people who don't who live in homogenous communities and support Donald Trump. But the truth is those homogenous communities tend to be rural communities. Mm -hmm. Most people live in cities. And most people in the United States live in cities. That's yeah. why it's that's why it's a farce that we are underrepresented in our electoral democracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, when you live in cities, even even in segregated cities, even in in uh, uh, gentrifying cities, uh, cities have a lot of problems in terms of um, making sure that their communities are uh, integrated, safe, and welcoming, and and viable and thriving for all. But density of human beings is good. Mm-hmm. For people to see other kinds of human beings, yeah. Yeah. to be shoved into into a small train with each other, yeah. and realize it works, we can exactly. be here together, and same and same yeah. with workplaces too. Workplaces where, I mean, you know, yes, there's a lot of work that could be done outside of the workplace to interact with communities that don't look like you, but workplaces are most people's alternate families, and yeah. most of them aren't in the performing arts. They're just going to a job yeah. and seeing seeing and interacting and team building with people meaningful. from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Is I think very very meaningful still. Yeah, you yeah. Know? and to know where you, like to be able to see your blind spots. I mean, I'm always yeah. amazed at how much people truly don't know what they don't know. Yeah, and you know, you'll see like uh, I don't know in certain like joke car, you know, writing like I just see sometimes I'll see a sketch and I'm like, oh, I could tell who wrote it. You know, like yes, like mm-hmm. you don't even realize this is sort of offensive. You think this is a okay because it was probably five white guys spot. who wrote it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just don't know what you don't know, no, and you're just an edgy comedian pushing boundaries, and sometimes you miss. <laughs> But I well, and can I just point something out on that score, which is something that I found so much in our business, but I imagine that it happens in a lot of businesses, which is woke liberals, white people, by the way, guys, I don't try. I'm not trying to shit on woke white liberals. Some of them are my best friends. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm sitting right here. uh, (laughs) Is I get this comment a lot, which is like if if they're like up for a job or something like that, they'll say, well, if like a woman of color is applying for this, I'm shortlisted, but if a woman of color is applying, I'm sure they'll give it to her instead of me. And then they'll say, and which I support, you know, and then they say, I support that. <laughs> yeah. But I think the, hey, you don't always have the, to say a thing. You don't have to, yeah. say, you yeah. don't always have to say yeah. a thing. And I think, I think, and it's, I'm, and the, the number of times people have said it to me, Ooh. which makes me feel very uncomfortable yeah. is, is interesting because I just, it puts me in the position of saying, or, that person's better than you. Exactly. Right. And, some, and that's yeah. something that we, <clears throat> I think, we're still in this like guinea big guinea pig phase of actually putting people of color in jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're trying it out. And we're seeing it's a pilot program. <laughs> right. And seeing so how it people goes. are still w- fig- working out that like it's possible that they're not the best fucking person for the job and they're still white. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like always assuming incompetence 
It's just so, and people like they don't really don't see that they're doing it. You they know? don't I, because I'm telling you, I've mm. seen this from like people who go to like marches. You know what I mean? Mm. Like very progressive. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, and it's always shocking to me. And it's all what's really interesting to me is like that psychological need to say a thing. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying this out loud at all? Yeah. Um, but it is a little bit of like. The, well, everyone... I'm a man who had a thought. <laughs> I don't but, understand. But you, you, aren't you, you should all be interested in this. I mean, I, I, gather round, gather round. I yeah. was told once, um, I met a guy who was up for a job and I was up for a job. We were both shortlisted for this job. And then I met him separately like a few days after these this audition callbacks or whatever that we both went to. And he said to my face, oh, hi, yes, I know you because you we were both called back for that thing. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, I knew they would call you back because you're Muslim. And I was like, wow, wow. why are you saying that? To my yeah. face. Well, you know what? Take it as a gift. Now you know who that person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and yeah. Uh, not, he's not doing well. So um, yeah. I that's delicious. <laughs> oh, I track I those people's careers like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and I wish him the best. And maybe he's figured this out. I don't, you know, I don't. <laughs> but I just, I, I, this is a thing, and I don't know where we can incorporate that in the work world of like, this is not about you versus a diversity hire. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. what this is about. You can also be incompetent you yeah, know like yeah. you might not be qualified perhaps your packet sucked and yeah. you're still a white guy <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, or exactly. as you pointed out it's like maybe you're maybe you're pretty good at your job whatever it is but maybe this company has made a decision we need to bring outside points of view in order to be more competitive yes mm-hmm. you know exactly. what i mean like it's maybe it's capitalism yeah, you know right. so uh, guys, uh, let me know. We what solved you think. it, right? We solved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, workplace diversity. All right, you guys, that is the end of the show. How do you feel? <sighs> I, I feel a little bit emotionally drained by. I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that the Ukraine stuff is the beginning of the end. But I know I've had my heart broken before. So right, right. You don't I don't want, know, but yeah, um, you don't want to get too hopeful. I know. I it don't. Could just be but, dashed. But I do hope that uh, Rudy Giuliani is. You know in deep deep trouble and as is true you know i mean i hope that all of the uh, everyone is rounded up and uh you know there is justice or something yeah i I hope that everyone who's a criminal is treated as a criminal Mm -hmm. well (laughs) i share your hope but you know how long is it going to be even if the best case scenario occurs and and i consider the best case scenario to be donald trump being impeached probably being acquitted by the Senate and then destroyed in the election like that. I would rather I would rather he be destroyed in the election mm-hmm. than removed from office and starting a civil war. Just basically. so that there's like a got nice, healthy mandate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's my ideal scenario. Yeah. I think he should be impeached, certainly because it is the constitutional duty of the House of Representatives to, to impeach him. Uh, it's not that I. It's not that I'm rooting for him to be acquitted in the Senate. Whatever happens there happens, but it does seem like he would be. Yeah. And then I would like to see him destroyed Blues. in the in the election. Yeah. And then I would look forward to watching him go to football games with Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Man oh man. All right, you guys. Um, thank you so much for doing the show. This was so fun. Yeah, this thank was you. great. Thank you. But what I really hey, would Ellen like... DeGeneres, I love you, but come on. <laughs> 
Like, put them on television. Put them on television, easy. Ellen. Yeah. Um, John, if people wanted to follow you and all the stuff that you do, and I don't know, buy a book or something, if you've ever done one of those. Yeah, well, uh, my book Medallion Status comes out October 15th. I don't know where you are in this world, time travelers, but uh, if it's after then, just go to bit.ly slash medallion status to order it now from all internet retailers and indie uh, IndieBound will take you to your local bookshop or... If it is before October 15th, you can pre-order it, that same thing. bit.ly slash medallion status, all capital letters, all one word. You can come see me on tour. I'm supporting the book on tour uh, in October and November. Go to johnhodgman.com slash tour and follow me at John Hodgman on Instagram and at Hodgman on Twitter. H-O-D-G-M-A-N. That's it. You guys, I have so much fun reading John's books, so you should do it. You should do I'm all the things that he it. just Thank said. You. And I'm a fan of indie band. Thank don't, you for mentioning that. Yeah, of course. And if you and if you don't want to read it, that's fine. We have, a, a re- we have an arrangement with the publisher. If you buy the book, it frees you from the obligation to read it. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> buy the book, throw it on your Kindle, never think about it again. You'll be my best friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> Selena, yes. where can they follow you? Um, all of my handles for me are my website, my Twitter, my Insta. It's Selena Kopic, S-E-L-E-N-A-C-O-P-P-O-C-K. And then my labor of love is NYT Vows. Uh, NYT V-O-W-S. That's Twitter and Insta where I pretend tend to be the New York Times wedding section. Um, I'm also going to resuscitate one of these days my old podcast that I did last year called Two Wick Minimum. It's an actual <laughs> podcast about candles, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I love candles so much. Season That's one is on hilarious. iTunes. And the I'm logo listen is, to that. Yeah, li- tune in, because oh, episodes one and two are hot topics. I mean, a lot of candle <laughs> controversy. It's crazy. The logo is my head in a flame. Sure. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Two Wick Minimum. Season two will be coming soon i just gotta like get myself moving on yeah it. yeah but, um um yeah and then i run a show in a quarterly show called bitchcraft here in new york at sid gold's request room oh yeah and i think we're gonna do one in early november we're still nailing it down but um but everything's on my website selenacopic.com yeah. uh, and download the album yes oh thank you you should be my damn publicist <laughs> yes and my album is on itunes and all those good places what's seen, it called seen better days seen better days and yeah. i think i mentioned this last time you were on the show but seeing selena perform live is just one of the great joys so oh. Download the album so you can at least feel it. (laughs) Oh, so so much energy. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, You guys uh, know where to find me on all of the things. Um, I have some shows coming up uh, where I, you know, and then they may or may not be updated on my website. So please. um... (laughs) What would be the best if you had to pick one channel? Of actual useful information to find out where we could see you in the future. Uh, I, ca- I mean, Twitter, I Instagram, guess Twitter, because I do post, but then it's like you don't get enough advance notice from me. On t- then I'm like, how can I plan? You're just telling me today, the day before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say my website is probably if it if it's up to date. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way of knowing we're checking. So <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at New York Comedy Club on Sunday. I know nice. that. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. New York just, Comedy Club, uh, Sunday. The Gramercy location. The right. Sorry, I think October, it's called the Midtown location. The 13th. The 13th. There it big is. Big Columbus Day weekend show. Yeah. Oh, yep. so big. You don't got to work Monday. Yeah. Come on now, Sunday. Um, That's right. Do people really still take that off? Okay. Yeah, not It's me. like, is it? I mean, schools are out, right? Schools are out. Uh, Yeah. I, 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 uh, schools are definitely out. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> 
Thank you. We have a representative from the school board here, so that's very helpful. I'm a father of two. I can tell you that school is out. School is out. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. I really want to thank, though, the people that make Fake the Nation happen. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, and Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, we'd love to hear from you. Please, blah, blah, blah. Please send us your feedback. Uh, Topics you think we should be chatting about. Guests we should have on the show. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. Oh, you guys have been doing such a great job of sending me emails um, and helpful follow-ups on past topics. I am going to integrate those into future episodes. Just you wait and see. Um, And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. That's actually a thing. Rate it. Rate it five stars. Rate it. Five stars. Community building call to action. Also, just tell your friends to subscribe. I find that's just word of mouth is Mm -hmm. like the strongest uh, thing. Goodbye.